welcome to the True Logic the Podcast Edition, the place where we talk about trends, news, and insights for businesses and individuals who want to succeed in digital marketing. Join our host, SEO expert and certified mama's boy, Burn Sun Juan, as he gives you insights on digital marketing fundamentals, tips and best practices, and easy conversations with industry experts about the latest trends and happenings in the digital world. Let's get started. What's all the hype about ChatGPT? So there's a new artificial intelligence chatbot in town. It's not Friday. It's not Jarvis. I wish it were Jarvis. I wish it were Friday, but it's not. But it is taking the internet by storm. So ChatGPT appears to be a high quality general purpose chatbot that, that, you know, and it's available to everybody, which is, I guess, part of the reason why it sparked a lot of conversations on the internet and a lot of people, I guess, speculating on some of the crazy applications that are available to it. So, but I guess the question for us is, is ChatGPT the revolutionary AI everybody's been waiting for? Or, you know, is this just all hype? Today, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to geek out a bit and I'm going to join the conversation. I don't like riding bandwagons, but this one is so exciting. I just thought we just had to have a, an episode dedicated to it. So, hi everyone. My name is Bernard, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the talk of the town, ChatGPT, and why businesses everywhere, I think, are exploring its potential for a wide range of uses. Even my, I think even our clients that are, even our clients that are not specifically, particularly geeky, technical, or nerdy, have been asking me about what I thought about ChatGPT. In in the past couple of days, my LinkedIn messages have been exploding with people asking me what my opinion was of ChatGPT. So you know what? I thought instead of responding by private message, and these tend to be pretty much the same questions, I thought we'd hit them all in one go, right? So I'm going to give you some toe dipping. There is a lot more detail to this than just this, but we are going to depart those into what ChatGPT is, but we're going to do it in a nutshell. So what is ChatGPT? In a nutshell, ChatGPT is the evolution of GPT-2, GPT-3, which is a natural language AI being developed by OpenAI. And OpenAI is a San Francisco-based AI research lab. And it consists of, you know, OpenAI LP, which is where, where there are a lot of shareholders. I think Microsoft holds close to 50% of it. Elon Musk, if I'm not mistaken, still holds or held some shares of it. But it is by and large directed by the nonprofit arm of OpenAI Inc. Now, there's this has been a long time coming, right? Like for some people that, that are not aware, when you're in SEO, you generate a lot of content. And one of the things that I've always done, and I've been doing this, I think, for the past five years, is whenever there was a natural language generator that came out, I would pay for it just to test it out to find out if it was any good. And I will have to admit, a lot of them have been pretty disappointing. Even one of the ones that I pay for recently is okay until ChatGPT, which really blew me out of the water. So right now, ChatGPT is free to use, but I think it's only smart for OpenAI to start charging for the use of the service. Like I think the same way they they do with Dolly, right? Like when it when it beta, it, it and Dolly is the the AI 
That is an image generator. I'm not sure if you guys have tried it. If you haven't, try it. You get like 40 images for free. But DALL-E was OpenAI's uh, image generator. It was terrific, right? Now, why is ChatGPT the talk of the town? Let's put it into context. ChatGPT took five days to acquire a million users. That's insane. And, and let me give you guys some context. Instagram, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening to me are on Instagram. It took 2.5 months for a million of you guys to be on Instagram. So Instagram took 2.5 months to acquire a million users. Spotify, I'm, I'm a Spotify user. It took us five months to get a million users on Spotify. Facebook took 10 months to get a million users on Facebook. Although it did start slow because they only started off like in the Stanford campus and then expanded into Harvard and whatnot. Right? But it still took them 10 months to acquire a million users. Twitter, two years to acquire a million users. Airbnb, two and a half years to acquire a million users. Netflix, three and a half years to acquire a million users. So I'm not sure if you, if you know this, but the but the nearest the nearest approximation we can get is Instagram, which still took like 70, upwards of 75 days to acquire a million users for ChatGPT to have 1 million users in five days is nuts. It's nuts. Now, I can't, uh, you know, I can't hype enough about it. I, I do love it as a tool. So I'm going to talk to you guys about some of its actual practical, non-time-wasting applications because it does have its uses for Tinder and it has its uses for Bumble. Because... <laughs> Men that are dating like to sound more charming than they actually are, right? So it does have, but we're not going to talk about any of those uses. We're going to talk about the actual productivity creating uses, right? So let's talk about what it can do and what it cannot do. Okay, first off and most controversially, content creation. ChatGPT is terrific at creating precise content, right? Like, so in terms of practical application, you can use ChatGPT to start to produce content for you guys. But in my opinion, here is its legitimate application. ChatGPT is great for content ideation, not for content creation. Okay, let me repeat that. And, you know, for those of you guys that are students that are listening to me, and I hope there are, you know, instructors and professors that are listening to me, this will be very useful to you. ChatGPT is great for content ideation. Not great for content creation. Don't be lazy. Don't skip out on the process of creating your own content. You're not going to learn anything. But ChatGPT is a great guide to point you in the right direction to creating terrific content. Now, why do I say ChatGPT is not a great content creator? There is a tool made in, uh, in the, in, by Princeton University. It's readily available online. And what it does is it automatically detects AI-generated content or content that was generated by natural language algorithms, by natural language AI. And, you know, again, so, so this is a, the portion for professors, right? Even OpenAI has its own component that detects AI-generated content. I, I think it's called Facehug or something like that. Facehug, Facehugger. But it is in OpenAI. Like, all you guys got to do is type in OpenAI Facehug, OpenAI Facehugger, and you'll find, you'll find the AI content detector, right? Like, you, you'll find that tool. 
So for those of you guys that think you're smarter than your profs, guess again. But so why do I say yes to content ideation? So a couple of things, and I've done this myself, right? When you do SEO, part of what you do is you do content marketing, you do content planning, and sometimes you just get to a drought. But I have found ChatGPT to be a great companion for helping you come up with ideas, right? Like, so I would usually start off with ChatGPT, give me five controversial social media trends. Like, that's not my topic, by the way. Like, my topic is just somewhere around social media. I want to write an article about social media and I'll tell, I'll tell it. ChatGPT, what are the five most controversial social media topics? And because it was trained on 2021 data and earlier, and back then the hot topic was the Jan 6 thingy and all of this. That's what you'll get on social media. And so it sort of tells you, okay, not a great angle for approaching it. And so you ask it to refine that idea. Now, the reason we call ChatGPT a chatbot is because it stays coherent to the topic that you were talking about. If you ask it something, and then you ask it something again, it assumes that the second question is related to the first question, right? Like, so if I told it, write me a hundred word write-up about SEO, if my second command is, can you make that more compelling? It will assume that that refers to the initial content that it had created because you are having a chat, you're having a conversation. So it's great for helping you explore, validate, invalidate ideas. It's great for expanding ideas. So. A great example is, what are the top seven trends for digital marketing in 2023? Now take note, I said it's only trained for data up until 2021, that is true. But there were articles that were written back then that said, here's the direction of digital for the next five years. And so that's where it'll get its content from. So if I ask it, can you give me seven ideas for where digital marketing is going over then in 2023? It will actually give you seven ideas. If you like idea one, two, three, let's say, you can tell it, okay, let's go to idea number one. Tell me more about that, right? And then you can tell it, okay, help me break that down. What are the topics that I can talk about related to that? And that's how you use it to help you shape your content. You help it help you compose better content. You do not make it compose for you. The other thing that is great for, in my opinion, is polishing. Again, I'm in digital marketing, right? So I write a lot of ad headlines. I write a lot of ad descriptors. And sometimes I will create a composition, like I'll create ad headlines, ad descriptions. I, I would say website content. And I can't exactly put my finger on why it's not great. I just know that, mm, this is not great. And so what I, what I do is I paste it onto ChatGPT and I tell it, ChatGPT, can you rewrite this for an audience of 32 to 45 year olds based in the Philippines, right? And it will rewrite it. If it's not marketized enough, I will ask ChatGPT, can you make that more compelling? And it rewrites it again and it puts in buzzwords that makes the content more compelling. It puts in emotional keywords in it. So I thought it's great, right? So it's great for polishing, but it is a bad idea for using ChatGPT to replace your own due diligence. Okay, so here's why and here's how the AI content generators work, like, like Facehugger and so on and so forth. As you would have noticed, like through the course of the podcast so far, I probably almost digressed about three or four times. And it's only been a couple of minutes, right, since I started the podcast. I would have digressed a couple of times. And this is the natural tendency that, that people have. We have a tendency 
to digress from topic to topic. You probably also notice this specifically when you have conversations. When chat AI, when chatbot AI, when AI generators generate the content, the content they produce is 100% coherent. They do not digress. They do not tangent. There are no nuances. And this is how you detect that, oh, wait, that is unnaturally coherent. That is supernaturally coherent. And that's sort of how they detect, yeah, yeah, that's probably generated by, you know, that probably wasn't a, a scatterbrained human that wrote that. So you're not helping yourself when you use ChatGPT to do work for you. You use ChatGPT to point you in the right direction, to polish your work, maybe to get feedback, to generate new ideas, but it will not generate ideas for you. You should not make it create content for you. Or else, you know, you're not exercising your own brain muscles in terms of coming up with your own ideas. Okay, so practical application number one, content ideation, not content creation. Practical application number two, current practical application, coding. If you are an SEO, you probably write microformat code in HTML or you probably write JavaScripts for schema. You might need to write some Python code for GA4. You, you might, need to, you might to need to write some scripts for, I don't know, speed optimization for Google Tag Manager. All of those you can use ChatGPT for. There is a premium tool out there that already does this. If I'm not mistaken, it's called Copilot, but Copilot is a paid tool. If you guys Google Copilot versus ChatGPT, a lot of the content that you will see online is that developers that you, that pay for Copilot are going to tell you, they're going to swear that, no, they're not going to swear, swear. <laughs> they're going to swear by ChatGPT that it is as good as, if not better, than working with Copilot. Right? And so far, I've only tested it on HTML, on CSS, and some basic PHP. But so far, what it does is it takes the base work of coding away from you so that you spend the majority of your time debugging, right? Which is what, you know, that's, and, and that's dev life, right? Like you are coding 20, 40% of the time, you are debugging 60 to 80% of the time. So for coding, for building a plugin, it's been terrific. For SEO, it's even better, right? For SEO, it's even better. You can you can use it to produce schema for you, right? Like just as an example, different types of schema. So I think it's so I think it's excellent. Another practical application on the SEO side is when it comes to the con content marketing SEO. When you do content marketing SEO, we do a couple of things. Like we do we do the cluster strategy, we do the skyscraper strategy. For those of you that don't know, skyscraper strategy is a super long form piece of content. And so what you do is you, you produce a piece of content that is a, a great 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 word resource. Like think of Transformers Wikipedia page. There, that kind of volume, right? Like that's skyscraper content and those are the kinds of informational pieces of content that rank, right? So it's an SEO strategy. ChatGPT can help you piece together multiple ideas, like the outline for the topic can help you compose it, can help you refine it so that you're able to create two, three, four thousand word articles that are coherent, not supernaturally coherent, but coherent based still off of your ideas. Skyscraper content, 2,000 to 400 words. It can help you deep dive into some topics. It can help you avoid some topics to avoid, like meaning, okay, no, that's too much of a tangent. So that's one thing it can do. 
The other useful thing that I think it can do is if you've got a, con- a piece of content sitting on your blog for like four years and it requires some updating, you can just copy and paste it to ChatGPT and say, can you refresh this? Can you refresh this with the most current information? Right? And it will rewrite your old blog post into something new and original, updated with the most current data. So that's another thing that it can do. Another thing is, let's say I created content on the basics on the stunticons. Like, let's say this is my base topic, right? Now, what I want to do as an SEO strategy is to create cluster content around it. I will tell ChatGPT, this is my core article. Can you give me four to five supporting topics about it, right? And it might say, okay, then you can write about the basics on combiners, motormaster, drag strip, wild rider, breakdown. So you you can you can do that. So it, it can help you create related cluster pieces of content. The other thing that I've found it to be most useful for is creating marketized content. Like uh, in my experience. A chat GPT so far has passed the toothbrush test. For those of you that are not aware, it's a test that Google does. Like if a product is great, then it has to pass the toothbrush test. The toothbrush test that just says, is it a product that you will use multiple times every day? Like, is it an essential for everyday use? So far for me, especially on weekdays, it has been. And what I do is I like to paste the content I created onto chat GPT and I like to tell it, Can you rewrite this for me? Can you make it more compelling? Can you marketize the content for me? And, you know, it just blows me away. I don't feel like I don't own the content. I didn't make ChatGPT produce that idea for me. I just had it refine the content that I created, right? So this is another practical application for SEO. The other things I love using it for, by the way, are for rewriting CTAs. Like if you're stuck just creating CTAs that say, buy now, read more, go to page, I have it give me different variations of a CTA. It's terrific. Its vocabulary is significantly stronger than mine. Okay, practical application number four, marketing. If there is content marketing in SEO, there is definitely content marketing or there's definitely content marketing in marketing. And one of the things that I've found ChatGPT very useful for is in filling in the idea drought. Like I let it help me content plan, right? And so when I say content plan, I ask it to give me X amount of ideas. Like I I might tell it, okay, give me seven ideas related to SEO. And it'll give me seven ideas that are related to SEO. I'll think of the one that is the most hypey. I'll pick the one that is the most hypey. Let's say it's idea number four. Right now, tell me, okay, make this line more compelling. And I will treat that as my hero content. I will then tell it, okay, give me four teaser pieces of content that can lead into that. And it will help me generate that. So... In the presence of an idea drought, ChatGPT will not create my content calendar. It will just help me come up with what ideas I can talk about to fill my content calendar. Like take, for example, this, this conversation that we're having, like this conversation we're having in, in the True Logic DX podcast, this is not ChatGPT generated. And I think I, I sort of brushed up on it a bit in a previous conversation when we talked about Web3. But there is no way I could come off as genuine if I was just reading a piece of script that was created by ChatGPT. So it's great for helping you overcome your idea drought. It's great for helping you come up with hero content ideas. And it's great for creating content that supports those hero ideas. So your hub and your hygiene content. The last thing that I use it for practically is for base research. Right, like take for example, I I am always researching about the economy of the Philippines, digital marketing spending, 
social media trends, Google algorithmic changes, updates to AdWords. So I'm always I'm always researching. But one of the things that I try to do is when I discover an aha, a great example of an aha is uh, like, did you guys know that the Philippines grew by over 7%, like our, our GDP grew by over 7% in 2022, right? And that's a big deal because that will take us past the $400 billion mark in terms of economic output. To me, that's a big deal, right? But to my audience, that doesn't necessarily connect. That piece of data doesn't necessarily connect. And I have ChatGPT help me figure out how to deliver that piece of data in a way that is receptive to my audience. I also help ask ChatGPT to help it point me to the right resources. Right? Like I ask it to tell me, what are some of the best resources for Philippine economic data? What are the, some of the best resources for Philippine employment data? What are some of the best sources for Philippine consumer price indices? Like that kind of jazz. So I also use it to help point me in the right direction. So I don't always Google anymore. I am curious about what resources ChatGPT will give me versus Google. Although, you know, toothbrush test-wise, I use ChatGPT maybe four to a dozen times a day. But I still use Google over a hundred times a day. So the is ChatGPT the Google killer? Not yet. Not yet and not anytime soon. Now, I don't necessarily want to talk about all of its practical applications because that got discussed or its future applications because I discussed that in the Web3 podcast. But I do want to talk about some of the pitfalls to using ChatGPT. So here we go, right? So let's talk about some of the pitfalls to, to ChatGPT. I, I think, by the way, the clues for some of the pitfalls on ChatGPT is already on Google auto-suggest, right? Like when I Google ChatGPT is, the first auto-suggest is ChatGPT is at capacity right now. <laughs> and it is, and it's right. So people are always Googling, why Why can't I get into ChatGPT? Is ChatGPT at capacity? Why can't I use ChatGPT? So you you see, this is the, the trend, right? Like people are wondering, why can't I use ChatGPT right now? And guys, the honest answer is it's free, right? It's a free tool and it costs money to generate answers to your query. So, you know, be patient. It's free. Like I think if you have found ChatGPT to be a great tool and they start charging for usage, Pay for it by all means, right? Like I think if something is great, pay for it. When you pay for something, that means they probably aren't selling your data either, right? So the first result to an auto-suggest for ChatGPT is ChatGPT is at capacity right now. The other one was ChatGPT is for, and then that's it, right? Like people were just curious what ChatGPT is for. The next one is ChatGPT is limited. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> OpenAI is not exactly Google. OpenAI does not have an infinite wealth of resources. They are a research outfit, right? They're not necessarily doing this for profit. Sure, Dolly has a subscription, but they're not necessarily doing this so that they can turn in a profit. They are sort of researching and pushing the envelope on AI for the sake of being able to push the envelope on AI. The next one is ChatGPT is down. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it's not down. It's at capacity, right? It's not down, but it's at capacity. The next one, chat GPT issue. So I, I, I and I think you're so you guys are sort of getting the gist, right? Like what the auto suggest for chat GPT is on on Google, right? So it's pretty interesting. Now, 
Back to the topic of, of some of the limitations of ChatGPT. So capacity, sure, because it's a free tool. OpenAI is not Oracle, it's not IBM, it's not Microsoft, right? They're a small outfit that does AI research. The other weakness, while you are tempted to use it or while your use for ChatGPT may be similar to a search engine, my use for it is definitely similar to the way I use a search engine. Know that it doesn't have any information past 2021, right? So it can only give you information that was published 2021 or earlier. Okay, next quirk. It does make up shit. Oh, am I allowed to say that word? <laughs> it makes up stuff. And it's done this to me a couple of times. So the other thing to do with ChatGPT, by the way, and you never get this with Google, right? Like, but one of the most important things to do with ChatGPT is when it gives you a narrative response, you do have to fact check it. Like, don't take it at face value that you are getting the God honest truth. Because when you ask it the same question enough times, it can make up facts. And it will say it confidently, right? Like, it'll deliver it confidently. I've even had it verify that. Are you sure that these are all Philippine-based companies? And you're like, yep, yep, I'm sure. <laughs> Everything I listed is a Philippine-based company. And then, you know, in that list, I find two to three companies that have no presence in the Philippines whatsoever. So it can make up stuff, right? So another limitation that you, you need to know. The next thing it can do is its content is detectable. Like the content that it generates, if you use this to produce content for you, know that that tool from Princeton can detect whether the content you created is AI generated. Know that OpenAI's own AI content generator detector can pick up whether ChatGPT generated the content, right? So it is detectable. You can figure out that ChatGPT wrote it. All these tools do is give you a probability that an AI content generator wrote it. Because by the way, ChatGPT is in no way the only AI content generator out there. It's not the only natural language content generator out there, nor out in the market. Trust me, I have a few. Like, I, I pay for a few. And, you know, I, I think the last bit is because ChatGPT is trained on the content of the internet, you know, that comes with all of the virtues and the sins that we've put on the internet, right? Like if you've ever put in bad information on the internet, if you've ever been angry on the internet, if you've ever put in anything racist, sexist, it sees all of that, it gets trained on all of that. And so every now and then, that will come out. Because what can I say? The internet is a reflection of us, right? So I, I think maybe the last weakness is some people are saying, does this have a mobile app? No, it's a free tool, stop asking! <laughs> It should be fine that it's got no mobile app. But, you know, that's it. So for our pretty shallow that wound up being a deep dive on ChatGPT, I can say so much more about it. But I think to keep this bite-sized and podcast-sized, we'll conclude it here. But I do want to thank you for listening to another episode of the True Logic BX podcast, for listening to me rave about this great new tool. I am excited for the future where AI sort of helps us create a more productive economy. I do have a lot of trust in Sam Altman and team, like the guys that run OpenAI. I think they're bringing this in the right direction. These are not a bunch of geeks that will build AI, you know, for, you know, no matter the cost. So I don't think ChatGPT is Skyway Beta 1.04. Like that's that's sort of not it. If there are other topics that I think you, you would like us to participate in, Feel free to leave us uh, your questions, your comments, your suggestions on the social media channels. 
And we are on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. For those of you guys that listen to us on Spotify, thank you very much for downloading the episodes and continuing to listen to us. Also, a shout out to our friends at Pod Machine that continue to power the True Logic DX podcast. If this has been an interesting conversation and you'd like to talk more about ChatGPT, hit us up. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the True Logic DX podcast, an audio production show for people who want to take their digital marketing game to the next level. True Logic DX is powered by Pod Machine. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow at TrueLogic on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out our website at www.truelogic.com.ph for more information on digital marketing. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast network. Until next time, 